Hi, welcome to episode four uh, of the Messed Up Counselor. We're going to look today and talk about a concept that uh, I've used over the years. I kind of find that people talk, share, but they don't necessarily resolve. So there might be something going off in your world in your life and you talk about, you share it, but it'll be focused on things. So, you know, you haven't cleaned up your bedroom. You haven't done the dishwasher. You have left plates on the top. You've left your shoes in the hall for people to fall over. So for me, those are all things. So I call them what's. When we share, when we talk, when we explore, we usually use random things to understand what it is that's upsetting us. So if we talk about the things, the shoes, the cups, the plates, the whatever it is, you haven't taken the bins out, yeah, then those things will just multiply in my world. So we get more and more upset because more and more things kind of are becoming irritating. So when we talk, when we share, we have to talk and share about the reason for the things. So the reason for all those things will come down usually to a theme of a feeling or an emotion. And I call them whys. So the what and why principles are, let's not explore the what's, the things... Let's try and talk about the why, the feelings. Now, if we talk about the feelings underpinning those irritants, then we can solve things because feelings drive human beings, not things. And if we can get to the feelings, the why, then we can have an honest conversation. So, for example... Somebody might come to me whereby they are having disagreements, conflict, conversations. So in the room, they may talk to me and they may share those disagreements. So, for example, say one person um, was a smoker and one person had given up smoking because they'd, I don't know, got a job in smoking cessation in the NHS, say, for example. So the smoker will feel that the person that's a non-smoker is telling them what to do. If they say, why are you smoking? Go outside. Don't do it. Why are you having another one? There's a critical process in that smoker that's going to be, unfortunately, breed resentment, breed a feeling of being controlled, manipulated, told. Something they're doing is not light. You know, so we can take that and we can start talking about the smoking and the smoking, the smoking, smoking. Everything's about the smoking. Well, in fact, actually, if we take the reason for that conversation from the other person's point of view, say they have seen people who have got ill through smoking, died through smoking, been disconnected from families through smoking. So the person that's complaining about the smoking, they're feeling an emotion might be, I don't want you to die. 
I don't want you not to be here. I'm feeling very insecure and very emotionally disturbed because I care about you, because I want you to be in my world and my life. And there's a possibility that you're doing something that could create a process whereby you won't be. Now, instead of talking about those kind of insecurities and vulnerabilities, we talk about the smoking. But that won't resolve anything. Because the smoking then will become, you've left the pots on the draining board, you've left your shoes in the hall, you've not put your clothes away, you've not emptied the dishwasher, you've not done the washing machine. It'll multiply. So it's a bit like spinning plates, if you've ever seen that, where they get lots and lots of rods with plates on top and they're spinning them. And you have to keep all the plates spinning. And that process will just multiply. So in order to find a solution, we have to talk about the feelings. Say for another example, if you've got kids, young kids, and they come in and they leave their stuff lying around. Now, you can talk about the stuff that's lying around. You can get them to put that stuff away. But then the lying around stuff might become their clothes, might become talking back, might become aggression. Now, that person may be doing those things because they're feeling excluded. They're feeling not part of the family. They're feeling as though their thoughts, ideas, voice isn't heard or isn't valued. Now, if we talk about those things, the was, then yes, we can get them to do as they're told. But they won't really. It'll just move on to something else. If we talk about that feeling of not included, that feeling of loneliness, that feeling of a process, which is a feeling engaging in that behaviour, that end product, then we're going to get something that might lead to closure, to understanding, to be able to do something that makes that person feel included. You know? And that then will help us to define, look at, work with that person in an inclusive way because we're not criticising them, we're not talking about what they're doing we're actually having real conversations about how they feel, where their life is, what's going wrong for them. And that, as a parental figure, could be really, really helpful for that young person and you to understand. You know, if somebody came home and their normal process is to be happy, engaging, and they come home and they slam a door... You won't necessarily criticise them for slamming a door. You'll go, what's going on for you? Where are you? What's happening? What's just happened to make you feel like this? So engaging with the feelings, the why, will then resolve that what happening. But that's not an easy one to do. That's not an easy process to happen. If we try and talk about feelings with anybody, really, if we care about them, if we worry about them, we're then going to have to hold their feelings that they give us, which can be really hard, holding somebody's feelings that you care about. It's not an easy process, holding feelings. So we might close those feelings down. 
because we, we can't cope with them, with them feeling upset. We don't know what to do with that, maybe. So we try not to explore them. But that's the very thing that we possibly need to do in order to understand. Most people don't want to be argumentative, don't want to create conflict, don't want to do those things. Most people want to be respected, valued and connected in some way, shape or form. That's different for everybody in how they feel that. But they don't really want to create conflict, want to create disconnection. Most human beings want to be connected. So if you have a conversation about those vulnerabilities, insecurities, the things that's going on in their life, their feelings, their emotions, then we're more likely to resolve it. If we talk about how that behaviour is interacting with our worlds and our lives, more likely we're going to create some aspect of feeling criticised. So engaging with the process of feelings, the whys, engages with the reasons for those behaviours. So see the behaviours as the symptoms, not the cause. The cause is something else that's going on inside us, but it's creating those symptoms, those behaviours, in how we're showing that to you, how we're showing that to the outside world. But that doesn't help because that just creates more and more confusion because we don't understand what's going on. We don't understand what's happening. And usually human beings, if we don't understand something, we tend to usually either ignore it, idiot there, <laughs> or feel as though we're not able to understand it. We don't have the intelligence, the communication structures to do it. So if we don't understand something, we can divert, deflect. A lot of people, when they come to me, will deflect quite naturally into something that gives us positive vibes, positive feedback. So you might find, you know, if somebody's in um, a conflict situation at home, for example, then they'll spend more time outside the home because the home is a possible conflict. So they'll be outside doing more gym, more work, more playing with friends, more drinking, more socialising. Because where the conflict is occurring is unfortunately too big, too hard to cope with. So when people start becoming more isolated or more external to the process, then sometimes it's because there's conflict that we haven't resolved or can't resolve or don't understand, really, sometimes. So when we're looking at the what's and why's, why's are always feelings. What's are always things. So if you keep talking about a thing, you haven't got to the why. When you talk about a feeling, you got to the why. So the couple that was talking about was smoking... Once the other person understands that this person they're engaging with that keeps talking to them about not smoking, don't like smoking, all that kind of stuff, if they understand, actually, I care about you so much I don't want to lose you, that's a completely different conversation. I might resolve some of the issues around the relationship. 
Because if they're not feeling part of that relationship because they care about you and you aren't listening to that, then eventually everybody will get to a point where they want to disconnect from that pain of seeing that person hurting or seeing and feeling your own pain and hurting. So we disconnect, we walk away, we don't engage because we can't cope with it. And that's where a lot of people disconnect from relationships, friendships, because they can't cope with how they're seeing their friend, their relationship being hurt. You do that in lots of different ways, all of us, because most of our behaviours come from a subconscious pattern, not conscious thought. So when we're subconsciously reacting, because reactions are always usually subconscious, they're not thought, process they're in the moment then those reactions are based on something and usually based on a feeling or emotion you know and those things spread those feelings and emotions so if for example you've got somebody that's i don't know had a bad day at work and somebody's disrespected them or not valued them then they're going the bus home when they get into the bus they might just you know, not want a conversation with the driver of the bus. And they may be very gruff or very detached or very surly, kind of growl stuff. So that process has come on to the bus. Now that person who's paying for the bus fare walks off, gets the seat. But the driver might go, what was all that about? Why were they like that for me? I wasn't like that with them. And they may then have some of those emotions, disturbances, processes going on. So they get three or four of them in a day. Maybe 20 in a day. I've never been a bus driver. But I would imagine they don't get too many connections that are, you know, respectful and valuing. And they go home. And all that stuff is inside them. And they walk through their door with their partner or their family or their friends. And they go, it actually emanates from that process. So I call it the pebble in the pond. You know, you throw the pebble in the pond, which is the emotion, and then it cascades outwards, it ripples, it connects to other relationships, other connections. So if we deal with that stuff at work that's got us into that process in the first place, then we never get on the bus being unhappy or upset are not valued we see and do it at the time is the best way to sort it storing feelings and emotions will respond in more and more of those behaviors coming out and they're very confusing because why would you connect the shoes on the floor with a feeling of loneliness and not feeling valued why would you most people wouldn't they just see the shoes on the floor and remonstrate with that person. You've left your shoes on the floor again. You know? That process means that you'll never solve it. So talk about the feelings, the emotions, the reasons for the behaviours, the symptoms. will give you more chance to try to understand it and try and work with it. And that feeling, the emotions, will sometimes give you more of an input into their world, which 
generally speaking, will connect you more. Young people don't usually want to create awkward processes. They usually want to be connected. I'll say to parents, for example, when they're having problems with their kids. And kids are never a problem. Sorry, parents. The kids are never a problem. It's usually the parental relationship or the stuff that's going around that creates a process where the child and the young person feels as though they're feeling not included, not respected or valued. So they create a behavioural process that says, I'm not feeling good at the moment. And then that doesn't necessarily get resolved. So in my world, the children usually are just exploring the situations at home that are creating the feelings and emotions. They then react to and utilise that process in order to send signals out, if you like, that I'm not happy about this. So they become disruptive. They become argumentative. They become a channel for that emotion that's actually inside the household, but nobody is dealing with it. So one person, usually, will utilise that and show the other people in that family that things are not right. Used to be in my day, they would be called the black sheep of the family. The person who was always the negative, the person who was always doing the problem. Well, usually that person was a really intuitive person who understand all the feelings and emotions going on in the house and they externalised it. They were the one that showed it to the world. But we've never seen that way. And the person that was the black sheep of the family used to be chastised and pushed further and further away. But they were the one that actually was helping the family understand there was a problem. That doesn't sound something that we would normally think about or look at or talk about or share. Because the family doesn't want to be seen as having a problem. But then the young person is the conduit, the way of exploring those feelings and emotions in their behaviour. So if the family talk about the feelings and emotions with the young person, more likely everybody will benefit from that. But human beings are human beings. And we're all dysfunctional. There is no normal. There is no world that is normal. The society normal. What the society believes is okay or not okay. But we as individuals, there is no normal. The more we try and find a normal, the more it evades us. Because that's not our normal. That's the society, the family, the organisation normal that we have to adhere to. Or not as the case may be. So don't look at the what's. Look at the why's. You will solve it faster, quicker, more successfully. And everybody then engages and nobody feels pushed out. Nobody feels separate or disconnected from. Hopefully that made sense. It's in the book that I wrote. So if you do need to come back to any of these things that I discuss on the podcasts, go on to the Amazon site and the book, Why Do We Do That? 
and what do we do about it, which is my first book, will give you some insights into how to resolve these things, how to change these things. Don't let them develop, escalate. They won't get better on their own without some form of interaction. But looking at the feelings and not the things is a good start. I'm Ian Wallace. I'm the messed up counsellor. Take care. Look after yourself.